Coming to you from the Underground Studio, this is the Sipping Social Podcast. My name is Mike Caro. I'm here with my boy and certified bourbon steward, Garrett Turnquist. Yo. We've also got our stellar producer on the mic, Johnny. Say what up. What up? We're here to dive into all aspects of the restaurant industry. We truly love what we do and love talking about it. We're going to pour, sample, and review anything you need to know about. Pour yourself a cocktail and join us on this journey. Let's Let's go. go. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, appreciate you guys tuning in. We got episode fifty-eight over here, and we're back in the underground studio Yay. after a couple live events. <laughs> uh, it feels really homey down here, and I feel like I'm back home. But apparently, Gary, you're not feeling that same. No, sentiment. I, I really enjoy being down here. <laughs> it's, totally. it's like it's just so different. Yeah, and I was looking forward to this all day long. Yeah, like f- for some for some whatever reason, like every time we do a podcast, it's like on the hardest day of every two weeks that I have at work. Okay, so all day. At nine o'clock this morning when I started, I was like, well, at the end of the day, I get to go hang out with my buddies and nice. record a podcast. So I was, I was very, very excited. Awesome. You know, every Sweet. time we have people down here at the Underground Studio slash Social Club, I try to have the uh, perfect lighting yeah. uh, with the uh, light dimmers and the and the Christmas lights and all that kind of stuff. I think I really nailed it tonight. I think we have a good <laughs> vibe going good on vibe, right now. Good vibe, good positive It's the perfect amount of lighting. 100%. You guys look amazing. That's why he's yeah. not the best director in the business. You know what I mean? It's... <laughs> Like you can't producer, see, you can't see anyone's pores. Like this is perfect. It's fantastic. Not only audio, it looks, it's visual. Looks good. It sounds good. Yeah. You guys are looking good too. Let's have a cheers to the podcast. Cheers. Episode number fifty-eight to you, boys. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. have some fun. Let's go. What are you sipping on, Mike? Oh yeah, um, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm having some uh, Ezra Brooks single barrel over the rocks. Man, is delicious. Thanks for saving me on that, Johnny. What you got? What are you, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking a, uh, the Michter Single Barrel Rye in an Old Fashioned. Um, Oof, I happened delicious. to pick up this bottle when I was up winter camping in Marquette, Michigan, up in the uh, UP. Nice. It was 40 bucks. Steel. What? Steel. 40? 40? Should have bought all of them. We should have said that in the text because he sent us a picture of the price tag. It's it's 35 our cost to buy. Yeah, that, that means you, you got a good bottle. Yeah. And what's the side beer you got over there? Oh, I got a nice little Coors Light on the side as a uh, side sipper throughout the podcast to nice. wash things down. Nice. Yeah, you need a, a palate fresher. Yeah. yeah. Gary, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking the same uh, Ezra Brooks oh. single barrel from uh, from our restaurant group. Such a good single barrel. Not a lot of bottles left in the company. Come by Social or Maze. Pick one up. There's um, four or five left at Maze right now. And there's like four or five left at Social. Really good. And that's it. Definitely recommend I stole it. all the other ones from the other restaurants to bring yeah. back to, uh, to Social Maze. I know I've, I'm probably beating a dead horse over here, but it's your best. Best barrel pick you've ever Wait, done. so you guys finished nice. your Michter's Old Fashions that we made, and yeah. then you poured another whiskey over ice. I didn't pour it. Mike did. I have no I, I think I missed that. You were um, setting the mood. Yeah, you were setting Dang the lights. The lights and the ambiance. You were, you were lighting candles. You were performing perfectly. I guess doing that's what exactly. you get when you set the mood. You miss out. <laughs> you didn't miss out. This, unfortunately, that was the, <laughs> the end of the <laughs> bottle, so I'd say there's some right oh, over there, but it's not. I'll get um, you another one. We'll get you one of the last 10 bottles left. We promise to bring one over next time. All right. So I believe the, you. The reason, the reason why we're back here in the, the underground studio is because we, we did some live events, right? We did our live event at, at uh, Social Upstairs featuring Hot Butcher and some Bull Run Whiskey. Shout out to Jude, who absolutely killed it, had a great time. Um, and honestly, that was one of the cooler things we've done. I know we do get to do a lot of cool things, but the live events are special, and um, it was really dope. 
I think I had a smile on my face the entire night. The whole time. And it went smooth? Yeah. It was, it was probably the smoothest one we've ever done yeah. I mean, out of the three. But yeah. it was almost no hiccups. Johnny was DJing, dancing. Mm. Yeah, at the end of the night, like when everyone's gone, uh, there was probably like seven of us that had a dance party well, on we're the second floor. Quote, unquote, cleaning up. Yeah. There were there was still yeah. people on the first level, like, dining. Yeah. No, like there was like 11.30. There was people no, still was drinking at the bar now. Well, they, they heard a show then. They, yeah. they heard, I got some, home at they heard some music for sure. <laughs> yeah. It was like and a some jumping up and 10 down. 10.45 to 11.15. Yeah, anyway. It was dope. Yeah. I came downstairs and the bartender, Andy, was like, what's going on up there? Like, have a good night, bud. <laughs> Later, dude. Yeah. You know, I was I was pretty happy with the night. Um, just a, like a quick tidbit about that with the audio. I know we talked about this already, but I watched a YouTube video on our mixer, and I learned a few things about it. And I didn't. We didn't even do like a pre like audio check because we were just too busy like doing stuff, setting up the room and, yeah. and greeting guests and all that. But uh, thank God that when it worked and I turned on the audio and it actually worked. So awesome. That was pretty cool. So kind of flying by the seat of your pants over there, Johnny. 100%. But we're not. So we're kind of like how it always goes. But. Living in the danger zone. <laughs> we're going to release like snippets of that, not the whole the whole show. Yeah. Uh, I think next episode we'll just uh, talk about it quick and release some quick snippets with uh, Jude. Cool. Yeah. That sounds great. Let's not man. talk about it anymore. I'm down, down with that. All right. So then there was a whiskey event at Maze. It was supposed to have a guest speaker. Unfortunately, he couldn't show up because he was sick. I would totally get it. Garrett pivoted and absolutely killed this whiskey event at Maze that 70 people showed up for. Food was on point. Whiskey was on point. Garrett was dynamite, dude. Tell us a little bit about that because you're probably going to do that again, huh? I, I have to now. Yeah. Like, uh, I didn't even get, like, a good job. I was just like, when are we doing this again? Um, it was, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, how did it all come together even? like? So know? the I sold out. Our whiskey classes at Maze and Mash, the first Wednesday of every month, sells out like two months in advance. Um, so March 1st sold out in January. And then uh, our friend Eric, when we were at uh, Old Elk, was like, hey, Greg's going to come into, Greg Metz, their master distiller, is going to come in uh, to Chicago. Do you want to meet him? I'm like, well, yeah. Like, Can we do something with him? He was like, I got no one lined up for March 1st, and I don't have to have someone lined up for it, but it's, it's nice to. Uh, does he want to come do that? And he goes, Yep, and then like a week later, he like promised to be there. I'm like, well, if Greg, if if freaking Greg Metz is gonna show up, I'm not just doing like a 27 person yeah, and whiskey Greg, class. Greg Metz has been in the industry for like 40 years. Long right? time. Yeah, I mean, he was the master distiller of MGP for 25, so yeah. he was in it. So he's well like a legend that. in the industry. And, and oh yeah, I mean, maybe top five distiller in the world, like wow. active distiller in the world. And uh, so we're like, all right, so how do we, how do we make this? bigger and better instead of doing a 27 person event. So we shut down the entire restaurant. We have him come in, lead this class. Um, our kitchen at uh, Maze, a bunch of the chefs there are going to help open up the new spot in Wheaton. And uh, it's like, all right, let's do a whole chef's tasting. Uh, we'll charge, we'll charge double, but they'll get like an amazing five course meal with Greg Metz's knowledge and a bunch of old elk whiskey. And it's sold out pretty quickly. I had to do a little back work on back leg work on it to like get you know people in there, but it turned out to be amazing. And then all of a sudden, like the day before, he got the flu and couldn't come. So at that point, were you I, I freaking um, out a little bit? Yeah, no, I, I threw up. Who <laughs> <laughs> didn't tell me that? Yeah, dude. But the way you handled it and the way you you shifted to make it work and everything that went down that night, it was a great event. Yeah, you crushed it. The whiskey was great, unbelievable for the price. Everybody was saying the food was money. 
I mean, it was it was a dynamite thing, and Johnny yeah. was DJing again. Yeah. yeah it was so I mean, how did you handle it? Like, did so you have to? So the the hard part. I mean, because they all kind of were sold in with the idea of. Well, so Greg half Metz the people knew who Greg Metz was. Other half of people were like, "Oh, Garrett's doing an event with food. Uh, we're in," um, which is, I mean, it makes me feel like good. But the so, my biggest concern was that we brought in all this food to serve five courses that we don't normally sell, like that, like bison meatballs. Like that's not on the menu. So we can't run five specials for the weekend to try to get rid of this product. We have to run this event. So I messaged every single person that was coming and said, hey, Greg Metz can't come. He's sick. Is this something you're still interested in? Uh, the price of the ticket doesn't change, but we're going to up the whiskey, you know, pours, like, price-wise. And uh, no one said no. I think, two, I think two people backed out, not because of the change of event. It was just, like, like life happened. It was going to happen anyways. And uh, I had a 10-person wait list that I just backfilled. Nice, dude. Um, and it was a little bit of a fiasco trying to figure out where people were going to sit. But at the end of the day, um, everyone seemed to really enjoy themselves. I had a great time. Uh, it, it was it was like, you know, like you at like your wedding and just all these people that you kind of know. And this, this whole event thing, and it happens like in like, it feels like it's a 20-minute event because yeah. it just goes so by so fast and you realize you never actually talk to people that you like knew they were there. Yeah. That's how I felt there. Well, you were you were running the show. Yeah, and but it happens, it, right? it, it's just that's how it felt, and yeah. and I think if that's how it feels, I think that means it went really well. Yeah, I I probably talked to literally on my way out. I probably said goodbye to like forty people, some that I met that night, some that I yeah. know that are like listeners of the podcast or fans of the restaurants. Um, and all forty people said it was unbelievable the the value of the food, the price of the whiskey, and you know like what was being. Mm-hmm. brought out for them they they freaking loved it yeah. so um so we're gonna do that again nice um i'm working to figure out how to way to get us back involved in that and um because i think that that show does not go on without you guys helping me with the the microphones Thanks, the man. the electronic stuff the the helping like facilitate stuff that's going on the, the staff at maze mash killed it yeah uh, without sipping social podcast being part of that i'm not sure it goes off as well I think there's there's a lot of entities that go into making this a successful event. The back of the house killed it. Yeah. The front of the house at Maze, the bartenders, they did a great job. Yeah, they were running around like idiots. They were running around like idiots. We were, you know, trying to do our thing. Um, so I, th- I think then the, like, the owners allowing that to happen. Then Eric from Old Elk, you know, talking to everybody that was lining up to talk to yeah, him about Eric his did whiskey. A great job too. He did a good job over there. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it was just a, a a lot of entities coming together to make sure that the show must go on. Yeah. Dude. So when we do another one of those, we'll post that on our social media for the restaurant group, and then we will share that link as well. And uh, listen, so for all of you listeners that don't follow us on Instagram, because listen, we get shame on you. We get about four hundred fifty listens an episode, and about twenty seven likes on Instagram per post. So it's a little <laughs> bit disproportionate, right? So everybody go on Instagram, follow us on Instagram, and also check out the post that we put from that event. John took some cool pictures. Uh, I took um, a picture with the help of our boy James Everett, giving me some backlighting. Mm-hmm. I took a picture of the whiskey that was that came out, and just that whiskey lineup alone, you would pay eighty dollars to get some food to hear what well, was, just to what drink was that. put on. Yeah, no, just screw yeah. the food. Yeah, I'm paying eighty bucks for a flight of that. It was awesome. It was really cool. Yeah. All right, so we got some uh, big, big news in the beer world. Um, New Belgium. There we go. That's some good sound. That's some good Jeff Hoover sound, <laughs> sound effects right there. Uh, New Belgium changed the recipe for Fat Tire. It's no longer an amber ale, and it's uh, now a golden ale, which is, I mean, it's kind of, 
You think about how long they've been a microbrewery, how long they've been around, and for do them, do you even consider them a microbrewery still? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're owned by somebody big, but like they're still making microbrews. Like Goose Island's still a microbrewery, no? No way. Really? No, I don't. You still think consider so. them a, like a three one two factory? Yeah. They're trying to change that. Yeah, I mean, like the same thing. Like makers said, they're a craft distillery. Like a like microbrew, I feel like is someone who like distributes like in three All right, states. So his maker was Mark. Like changed anything? Besides some experimental stuff that they've rolled out the last couple of years? No, I'm, I'm thinking more like quantity that they're producing. I understand that. So a, a bigger microbrewery, because they're still like making experimental beer and new stuff. If you go to their brewery, you can only get stuff that they make there. Yeah. You know, to me, that's like a, a true craft brewery. All right, fair enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they they're might not, make a not, shit to They're them. not stuck to like seven core beers. No. Yeah. No, they're not, they're not making for the masses. They might distribute to the masses, but. Yeah. Yes. Right. So Fat Tire is one of those beers in like in the early 90s. Uh, you would only get it out in the West, yeah. like out in the Colorado area or out in the Rocky Mountain area. Mm-hmm. Talk about the Jude, I think, right? Yeah. And then like, um, in like 2005. In like 2005, it came over the. Or something like that. Yeah. And came past the Mississippi it. River into yeah. uh, the Midwest. Um, but I've always heard that like it, it never, um, especially like the amber ale, it, uh, fat tire amber ale, never tasted the same as it would if you got it out there. I understand that. So I mean, two things: if we're traveling to Fort Collins, where I think it, their microbrewery yeah, is, it is. Um, we're on vacation, we're having a good time. The beer is going to taste delicious. So I got to factor that into it. But I I tried Guinness in Dublin. It was awesome. And I've had Guinness here. It's it's good. It just doesn't seem the same. So yeah. there's going to be a travel aspect for sure that could affect the beer. I think that there's m- some elements though that go into like you're at a microbrewery, you're you're enjoying the the atmosphere, what's going on. You might be on vacation. Yeah, you might not. I mean, I, I get it. So why do you think they did change from a, you know, from the uh, so amber ale to that's a, a great question? Just John. M- more people. Great question. Love that beer over the, the amber. I actually had the New Belgium rep from the Midwest was in social day getting lunch with a guy from Windy City that you would recognize. He goes in a maze all the time. And I asked him, I was like, dude, I got to try the new uh, version of Fat Tire, and I freaking love it. He's like, yeah, you know, kind of gave me a little, like, four-minute spiel about it. But he goes, mainly, we wanted one of our, this, our core beer that we're known for to be more crushable than it was. He goes, if you drank the Fat Tire Amber, you'd have two, maybe three, and then you'd be kind of full. And that's kind of... I agree of, with that. I, I think that they're heavier beers. Yeah. That was a heavier beer for a craft beer. Um, and then they wanted to be... They brought it down in ABV. They lowered the IBUs. They made it crisp in something you would want to crush, which makes sense since you would want your number one beer to be drank a lot. So you're going to sell a lot. But has that ever really happened before? Like where, So they're New Belgium Brewery, mm-hmm. and this product was Fat Tire. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you just come out with a new beer that's like a cooler <laughs> like name that's their golden ale? I think also it's with the – all right, so when that stuff came around in the mid-2000s, how many microbreweries were there? A no, couple hundred? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Not, obviously not as – yeah. And who's doing, and am- who doing Ambers? And now there's a ton. So you're probably – it's more competitive. You're probably not making as much as you used to. You're not selling as much as you used to. Maybe this is to inject a little bit of blood into the life of what it is. Um, but I thought it was delicious. And I'm not going to order Fat Tire the Amber, but I would have a couple of the, it's the al- But it's almost like they're treating Fat Tire as, like, the parent company. You sure, know what I mean? Like sure, it's, raise, it's, raising it's, it up on a pedestal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's almost like New Belgium's not the company. Fat Tire is the brand for their beer. I mean, when you think of Fat Tire, you think of the Amber, right? Nothing else. Yeah. I just think of a beer. 
to be honest. Just that one beer, right? Just that one beer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's, that's what I'm saying. We're seeing the same thing, just differently. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I didn't know they made other beers besides that. Like, it was just, that was it. Yeah. I want a fat tire, you're always getting the amper. So, yeah. It's interesting. It's I'm interesting excited to try to it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for saving me a sample. I So I bought it on draft <laughs> somewhere um, around here. And uh, I'll, I'll definitely bring some on on a, on a future podcast and see if there's any amber laying around that we can try them side by side and see which one's better. Nice. Well, I th- now is that amber going to be like a collector special? <laughs> I mean, for, about, a, for, about a, for about a year. Right? Well, I mean, yeah. just to have the bottle anymore, right? Yeah. Dude, for about a year, the beer will be decent, so... It'll be around for a little bit. Fair enough. All right, so we got lots of new restaurants coming to Wheaton. Um, we always talk about Proof, which is gonna, which is down the road, a couple months down the road, which we're excited about. I learned about a new uh, concept going on Front Street in the old uh, Carlson's Art Building, Art Supplies Building. Um, it's called the Front Yard, and uh, it's basically a tap room from Ike and Oak Brewing out of Woodridge. Cool. Uh, in the front spi- space, and in the back area is going to be like a live event space that's sponsored by somebody else who owns some buildings in downtown Wheaton or owns that spot um, that's going to have like a gaming area. And when I say gaming area, I'm thinking like bags, maybe darts. Uh, I, I don't know about pool, um, which John would love. Maybe um, pinball machines, but also a stage for live events like shows. Nice. Like bands and stuff. Yeah, let's go. They want to be a late night bar. So that's called the front yard. Uh, that's probably I'm I'm excited to check that out just because I I know I like Icon Oaks beer and I'm excited to drink their beer in Wheaton, which would be cool. Any slots? Probably not. <laughs> probably not the gamble. We can <laughs> we can do our own gambling. We're not yeah. sure yet. We'll, we'll <laughs> play TB, some TBD. TBD. We'll, we'll see how they slots. like us playing left, right, center in there, and getting the whole bar involved. Is there is there any slots in Wheaton? No. no. Yeah. No. Probably not happening. Except there. for unincorporated Wheaton. That doesn't count. All right, and then in the uh, old Emmett's building, we've touched on this briefly. I think at one of the live shows, um, there's a combo kind of restaurant whiskey club going on there. On the first level is a restaurant called Maypole. Does it, do you guys know, know what a Maypole is? A Maypole? Yeah. No. You know what a Maypole is? No. It's a European stick that's like in the ground that goes up into like almost like a bucket. Has like strings hanging from it, and like kids or family. Oh, then you walk around it, and like make a design on the pole. Yeah, yeah, I've seen pictures of that. Yeah, that's what a maypole is. So that's interesting name. That's the name of the restaurant on the first level, and then the whiskey club in the basement is um, called Suburban. Yep, and it's a private whiskey club that you can buy day passes for to go down there. Well, you can buy a membership. So you got memberships. Yeah, so you get a it's like a four thousand dollar entry fee maybe i don't know if we should promote their the prices of their stuff and then just over half to minimum spend a year so you guys you have a yearly fee and then a monthly spend i think it's a one-time fee but it's yearly spend you have to hit okay so a private whiskey club and if you're not a part of it you have to pay a day for a day pass yeah 25 bucks for the day pass yeah to go down there and spend some money okay so you pay the yeah, chewing that for a whatever amount to get into the place yeah, yearly. So like, yeah. Yeah. Just to be a member. Yeah. But you can also you also get like a locker where you can pull like four or five bottles of your own. That I think you can drink out of whenever you want. It's supposed to be like 24-hour access, right? I don't know if it's 24 or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. So let's, let's just run through this really quick. Yeah. So you're going to spend money to up front to be, get a membership. 
Yeah. That money might go towards getting bottle unique bottles in there that you can then pay for once you're in. No, no, no. You 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 have your own locker where you can bring your own bottles into. Are you asking if you have to pay for so the liquor that's already in there? Are, aren't they going to have their own liquor that's like on the back wall that you can like try and taste? They, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think it's for free though. It's right. So, so as I'm saying, like so you're basically like what? It's a mem- members only club. I don't get it. So, but if we, all right, so the one thing that I'm confused about is that if you're a member and you've already paid the yearly fee or the one-time fee, and then you get the monthly spend that you have to do. No, yearly, yearly, yearly spend. Yearly for four grand. If that's the, if no, that's, no, no. it's four thousand to be into the to be able to go down there whenever you want. Okay. And then every year you have a minimum spend of twenty five hundred. You have to buy. Did, did you talk to somebody who? Yeah. Who actually got invited? No. Because it's five. Is it five? Five initially, and it's a four hundred dollars spend a month. Oh, I thought it was yearly. From okay. you have to spend four hundred dollars a month to keep your membership. So what are you spending four hundred dollars on though? Products. Because like your cocktails. own product is in there. So that's what I'm saying. So we're not sure if you're gonna so like. So say we get the twenty five dollar day pass. We're not members. We're gonna go down there. We're gonna have to spend money. That doesn't. That twenty five dollars doesn't allow us to just taste whatever. We're gonna have to spend money to drink what we want to down there. It's a cover charge. It's got to be a different price for the people who are members. They can't be like they can't be spending the same amount of money as us. There's no way. Maybe. Then why would you pay? There's like you can't go there enough to spend that kind of money to go through that much amount of liquor. Well, if there's so if, there's, not, if there's two of you and you go once a month and you like do it up big. So we bottom line is we need to go in there and find out like what's shaking with this place. Like we're confused about it. It sounds weird. We need to go in there and find out though. We need to do some recon. Yeah, I didn't know it was a monthly. I thought it was a yearly. No, Whatever. okay. So, like, can we just hypothetically say that? Yeah. Okay, that it's that it's f- hypothetically yeah, not it's, it's not fact. It's five k to get in. Yeah. That's like the initial initial fee that you'll never pay again. Right. Forever. Then potentially you have to pay monthly. You have to buy uh, drinks, cocktails drinks and, and drinks in there yeah. that that equals say five hundred dollars. Um. So like. Do I just bring like a bottle that I bought in Benny's in there and just like put it in a locker, or am I buying through them? No, you have to bring. I think the locker is your own bottles that you can drink for free, right? But then you still have to make the spend at the bar. Okay, so so, so you like are, so you are buying whiskey from them. They they will have a back wall with a shit ton of whiskey that you can yeah. choose yeah, from, have or whatever gin, vodka, sure. whatever. Yeah, there there will be a bunch of booze in there. It's, like yeah, it's a high-end it, liquor club. I, mean, I don't think club. the, I don't think the, four, the, the four or $500 spend a month, I don't think that's a big ask. But the 5K up front, like, I don't know what I'm paying that for. Maybe it's, it's just uh, to the, get the influx of, like, all the high-end booze that they're I was it's, like, in. exclusivity to be able to get down there and get a seat, too. Like, like if, if you have, like, a really sweet cocktail bar and, like, it's really, really popular. Right. Well, they and, have, and, like... And I, and I'm, and I'm, and I want to go there on a Friday night at 8 o'clock. Well, the beat... I want to make sure that I have room... To, ha- to grab a chair or a table or a bar seat. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think, I think, think about that. That's pretty cool. I think that's, I think that's what you're paying for. Will it be like live entertainment or like cigar room or? Cigar room would be sweet. I I doubt. I mean, I don't know. The the initial plans is also to like after a year have uh, an up like a rooftop bar. So on, on the very top would yeah, be part yeah. more part of the restaurant and a hotel. Yeah. So they were gonna build. They they said that they were gonna build up um, and put a hotel on the second. 
floor and then a rooftop patio bar, I believe, on the third floor. Third, yeah. Yeah, I don't so think I don't think I'm dissing it. I just don't understand it yet. No, and that's and yeah. maybe that's our our fault for even bringing it up until we understood more of it. Yeah. You know, and I I tried. I I truly tried to find out more info. Uh, but we will find out more info and we'll we'll bring it back. I've literally and heard like four different stories of what it's going to be, and uh, think and, any of our listeners are joining I, the club? I'm not. I don't have that kind of scratch. Well, so I, I know. Do you think any of our listeners are there? Because if any of our listeners are, they yeah. get the they get the inside info. Bring me in. Bring me as your your plus one one night, <laughs> and, and Garrett will just throw John and I in a sack and carry us in. Yeah, like my luggage. Yeah, it'll be perfect. It's, uh, just traveling. Yeah, it's got into town. Yeah, it's a, it's a 250 pound sack if you're two dudes inside. I mean, I I'll might take, I might I'll eat, eat my words here, but I feel like all the places that are going in in downtown Wien, I just don't think that people care to like have their own private little spot to go before dinner. We'll see how we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I, I mean, like, we also live in an affluent area yeah. where people have 5k to just yeah spend, I or you know, hypothetically whatever the, yeah, the yeah. big the I thought, big I thought money the same is. thing about like. Um, like car garages like why would you pay money to keep your car in like this separate like museum garage but those are full all the time yeah like, they, got, they got money yeah and they like their own little like apartment attached to it and yeah. they, they, they pay rent there just to keep one car there so it, maybe maybe that that's it <laughs> like i yeah. because i can't afford that I, i'm we're not, we're not in that it. we're not yeah. in that world yeah, I think we're in, <laughs> yeah. somebody sponsor us we're in a different tax somebody give us some money sure. yeah <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so I mean, lots of good stuff coming to Wheaton. All the luck, right? Bottom line, right? I want them to succeed. Dude, absolutely. I, I'm yeah. excited to check it out. I want to go, go down to that cigar bar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just go down there and lighten up some cigars. Pool table. Pool table. I heard on a podcast you could smoke cigars on here. <laughs> listen, by the way, all of you who listen to us, you know we don't definitely, know what we're talking about. So definitely tell them we told you you can smoke cigars on there. <laughs> 5K. I heard 4K on this podcast. <laughs> the podcast was promoting it. <laughs> um, all right, so we, I met with uh, Oliver from Sturdy Shelter. We've talked about that uh, microbrewery that's in Batavia that opened up not that long ago, a couple times on the podcast, making really good beer. That dude's local. Uh, a lot of the listeners probably know Oliver from Dry City or 302. Uh, we're definitely getting them on the podcast. We don't know when that's going to be or if we're going to go there, if he's going to come here, but he's one of the owners and one of the ones that has a say in what they brew and how they brew it. When really, we do know, we'll let you know. Yeah. But it's a, it's it's, a, it's an okay teaser. I'll do better next time. Um, Gary, you put this one on the Google Doc, and I'm fairly excited to talk about this because this just seems ridiculous and awesome. Oh, the I mean, yeah. New York City. Yeah, yeah. So um, our good friend Jesse Alba, who works for that always shout Able. out to Jesse. Yeah, well, works for um, Elgin Beverage, and uh, he sends me like these random tidbits of information, like industry news across the nation, and there's a there's a New York, uh, a Manhattan liquor store. They call themselves a like a, a wine store, but they sell booze and beer. Um, there's a huge scandal for them. They're their uh, their employees were buying wi- like high end whiskey on the secondary market, and then selling it at the store. Um, and uh, there was like disc- discrepancies on a couple of the bottles. So people who had bought the bottles sent them to Buffalo Trace, like through an investigator. And Buffalo Trace said, uh, so they're they're high end Buffalo Trace bottles that they they bought, and uh, specifically the E H Taylor Four Grain, which um, I definitely. I definitely don't have any of that at home. And you guys definitely haven't tried it at my house. Uh, they uh, And they sent it to Buffalo Trace, and they said they, they did like molecular study on it, and they said it didn't even come from their distillery. So they were buying and selling fake bottles. And 
So like the general fine for this is somewhere between like two and ten ten thousand dollars, and they settled for a hundred thousand dollars. Oh jeez. <laughs> so they if really you're willing to settle for a hundred tap on that. Yeah, like you know there was th- more there's something yeah, yeah for sure yeah <laughs> let's just uh can we make it's this like go away how much mul- money multi-year how you much? know yeah how, how quickly can we so, make this news feed go away so they they were selling fake whiskey essentially yeah so at, they were buying the empty bottles prices. so they were buying empty bottles or no i think i think the employees based on the article i read it looked like the employees were buying we're not like fact checking the bottles that they were purchasing and the people who were selling them the bottles or they were like brokering the deals with uh, we're filling empty bottles with a different liquid and then like putting the caps back on mm. and like the tax strips like on p- perfectly so no one would, no one would like like an idiot wouldn't notice but like anyone who like pays attention to this stuff like this doesn't look right sure um, I don't like it does not the, the article does not go into like saying like how intricate the employees were into the production of these fake bottles but if you're willing to drop 100 G's on this fine, <laughs> I'm pretty crazy. sure the employees <laughs> were like, all right, how can I sell this bottle that I bought in the secondary for, you know, that I bought for 100 bucks? A lot by a lot To more, sell right? to my liquor store for 500 and we yeah. sell it for 1500 Wow. That's crazy. I mean, that's just ballsy to even do that, but the, to think of that scam and, like, um, really run with it is... Uh, no, it's... That's it, sounds, it sounds stupid. Yeah, I know, but it's just... It just it's nutty that... that why would, so if that place wasn't doing that well or they you know like they're apparently trying to scam they, it apparently they've been around for 200 years which makes no sense to me because 200 years ago I'm not sure we had like whiskey and wine liquor stores that's a, that's an old place I mean, right there but what, what was going on 200 years ago I, th- in 1820 I mean we were we were like 50 years into a country maybe the, maybe the buildings like foundation was there in 1820 <laughs> yeah. as a store yeah um whatever corner store was going on back then yeah the streets are still made of mud all right well that's that's dumb of them to have done that anyway, and, i thought uh, it was interesting i thought i'd bring it up hopefully they made some money and then the owners had to pony up some dough for them yeah Which, yeah 100, 100 grand is a lot of money that's all right sweet Woof. speaking of whiskey um you got something for us do you know about this one at all uh I've seen it once. Have you talked about it at all? No. What are you giving us, Garrett? So today for uh, for our whiskey review for the second time in two podcasts, we're doing the <laughs> Bull Run uh, single barrel pick that we did through Maize and Mash uh, under the Bourbon Belly account. Uh, it's a 15-year-old bourbon. Lovely. And the reason why Garrett threw that little underhanded dig in there was because we did do this on the live show, um, and we're not going to release all the parts about the whiskey from that. Um, so he knows a lot about it. It's delicious. We've already talked about it, and everybody who was at the live show loved it, and now they get to hear about it again. And some of them went home with bottles. Yeah. One guy went home with six. What? Six? Six bottles. <laughs> you don't remember that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Good awesome. for him. It was awesome. Yeah. Shout out to Tony. Way to go, buddy. All right. Um, for beer, uh, we're drinking local reds that have an Irish influence. Cool. So strap on them Same shamrock drinking boots, boys. Let's go. And let's do it, all right? Uh, customer of the week, uh, we're just going to give a couple. We're feeling positive today. The mood lighting is set. Um, the ambiance is money. John was playing great, like, tunes while we were, like, setting up, like, I just, like, setting the positive vibe. Um, so I we're just to give everyone hugs. We're giving – when did Garrett become such a hugger? I thought we would all spoon on the couch beforehand, but that didn't <laughs> work out. That's a post-podcast thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we're giving shout-outs to good listeners, good customers, people we really appreciate. Um, mainly that's all of you, but we, we don't have enough time to list everybody. So uh, just going to say hi to some people. Garrett, we got our favorite 
favorite segment coming up right now, yearly industry ebb and flow. Yeef. These are some of my favorite yeefs, though, some fun yeefs, which we don't put those two words together very often, right? No, I mean, a lot of times yeef are like, oh, man, it's going to be brutal the next two rough, weeks. Or, right? this, or this happened, and now the past two weeks have been nuts. Yeah. All right, so my first yeef I got up there is St. Paddy's Day coming up next week. Uh, it's Friday the 17th. Even though we're not an Irish pub at social, it's still going to be busy. We got a corned beef Reuben taco special going on right now. It's good. It's really good. We have Irish whiskey, we have beer, and we have Jameson. If you work at a bar, if you work at a bar, you look forward to St. Patty's Day. It's fun. Yeah, people are generally in a good in, mood. Unless you're in like Wrigley Hill. Well, it, the problem is you just don't want to get like the twenty-person pub crawl at the end of the night. Yeah, that's the only thing you don't want. Yeah, you know what I mean. The one-person pub crawl that you just got to be like, hey, buddy, here's some water. You got to go. Yeah, it's not right. when the uh, degenerates come out. Um, the young, like, not to social. Yeah. We get, like, the, the adults who've been partying all day. Yeah. That just dressed up, um, because they could. That's and good. they want to have a good time. We don't get, we don't get a lot of the, the, the late night riffraff. Like, Dunes was different. Dunes was, like, a party from, like, 9 a.m. when we opened early all the way till 2 a.m. when we stayed open late when we weren't supposed to. Yeah, people uh, kicking doors like, open. Just people just. Setting off fire extinguishers. <laughs> Speaking of St. Patty's Day, John, you got some, you got a, PTD, a little PTSD from a past story or what? Have we talked about this on the podcast? I don't think we have. But like oh. we used to hang out with Muldoon's and Mike was bartending. Uh, we got really ripped on one of the uh, St. Patty's Day weekends. And uh, my buddy went to go take a pee in the bathroom. And I grabbed the fire extinguisher off the wall, kicked the door in, and <laughs> did a full spray into the bathroom. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> <let it off. laughs> I never hear about this until right now. My up. buddy Ryan Crawl and, and uh, yeah. the whole room filled <laughs> with that like powder, foam, like yeah. powder foam, powdered like you know mist. Yeah, they came out like all white, and then and then the day went on. Nobody cared. St. <laughs> Patty's Day didn't get kicked out or anything. <laughs> I remember um, John was taking a dump. Oh, Come always at St. Pa- on St. Patty's Day at at Dunes. First of all, there was a line of like six people waiting to get in there. But second of all. Um, we, we who tried would want to wait up? to wait in line for the smell <laughs> afterwards? <laughs> we tried to bribe the um, people will pay for it, Garrett. <laughs> the <laughs> tried to bribe the, the bagpiper <laughs> to go in there <laughs> and blast him out. Yeah. And he literally, we offered him like two hundred dollars. He's like, no, I you can't, because he's like that guy. We're literally gonna blow that guy's eardrums yeah. out. Well, also <laughs> when you play a bagpipe, you have to breathe in heavy <laughs> and then blow out. Do you think he wants to go in there and Splow. smell my shit? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he didn't want to go in there. Bag. But he didn't want to, he did not to take the two hundred dollar bribe to go in there. I mean we had everybody throwing him money. It was I got him I'm glad p- he said no though. I got him I'm to glad he did too. I got yeah. him to play in the back hallway while uh I had some buddies in the bathroom. He wasn't in the bathroom, but he was in the back hallway, which which might as well be in the bathroom. Uh no, totally. And it was piercing. Yeah. Well that's so that that one bagpipe in, in Muldoon's was loud AF. I uh, mean, it you was could insane. Hear two doors down. Yeah. Like inside. Yeah. I think I, I have many a great story from St. Patty's Day at Dunes. I think one of my favorites was the one that I don't remember the end of the night. Uh, the next day I woke up, I was wearing a green Celtic soccer jersey. There's like a bunch of like white pasty like stains on it. I was like, man, I must have got into some stuff last night. Who knows what that is? So I went to work the next day, and all the cooks were like just like glaring at me, and I was like, "Man, what, what happened?" So I went, and I asked somebody, I was like, "Hey, why are the cooks are like really pissed at me today? Like, 
you don't remember the mashed potato fight you had with them on St. <laughs> Patty's Day? And I'm like, no. They're like, yeah, dude, you just went in the kitchen and started grabbing mashed potatoes and chucking it at no people. Way. I'm like, no. So they, they, like, they, they haven't covered you in like everything. I was like, oh my God. Like, I had no that idea. That is so funny. So that is awesome. I never heard that story before. Why do I want to talk about that? It's embarrassing. That's so great. Chucking mashed potatoes. I had no idea. Remember the bacon thief? Oh, that was yeah. a good one. Yeah, my, my favorite St. Patty's was when I got there at like 10 a.m. And I left at like what I thought was like 9 p.m., but it was really 4 p.m. Went home and took a nap and went back at 10 p.m. Thinking, it was, thinking it was like 4 a.m. Like, oh, man, they're still open. And, <laughs> you had uh, no idea what time no, it was? No, like my, my, my body is just like rejecting everything. And uh, and uh, <laughs> J- James is like bartending. He goes, there's like, I don't know, 40 people in the bar at like 10 p.m. And he's like, you're back. I go, when did you get here? <laughs> is my tab still open? He's like, yeah. I go, perfect. I'll have a cruise line. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. James Stayed is back now for the, round two. Stayed for two and a half hours and went home. James is now the operational manager of Bourbon Belly. <laughs> yeah, my boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, he's that was he back was, in the day when he used to hang out with Muldoon's in downtown Wheaton. Lots of good stuff in Dunes. It's been 2000. Yeah. Back in the day. All right, the other yeef we got. Bacon thief. Is March Madness. We'll, we'll talk about the Bacon Thief sometime. Yeah, we'll yeah. have to bring that up. Yeah. B- remind us on the next podcast because we, sh- we should give that about a four-minute thing. I want someone <laughs> for at, sure. at the next live show to talk to us about the Bacon Thief. That's such a I'm good not one. doing it without anyone yeah. else bringing it up. <laughs> All right, so uh, March Madness coming up. Another favorite yeef for me. Um, I know that people yeef. are going to be asking for TVs to be changed. You know, there's like eight games on at a time. Uh, we only have four TVs. I'm not going to be able to have all the games on at the same time and make everybody happy. But despite that, I love freaking watching March Madness. That first weekend is absolutely insane. There's 32 games in four days. No, 48 games in 48 two days. 48 games in two in four days. days. Four days. Or four days. 48 games in four days. Johnny, you like March Madness? No, there's there's 64 teams. There's 32 games def- on Thursday. No, there's 16, 16. Oh, 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's 16 yeah. on, there's on my, there's Thursday. There's my bet. There's, I'm a Thursday, math major 16 for sure. on Friday. Yeah. Eight on Saturday, 48. eight on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like March Madness. I'm someone who never, ever, ever, ever watches basketball. But for some reason, that tournament... It's awesome. It's exciting. Yeah, it's cool. It's exciting because every single team has a chance to lose and be out of it. Yeah. Every single game. Yeah. You never like know what's going to happen. I like to take the negative out of that instead of like every team has a chance to win. No, every every team... Has a chance to lose. Has a chance to go home. <laughs> Get out of here. Gary, you going to... You gonna watch some of the games? I um I watched uh two days ago I watched the second half of a one college basketball game and that's the most I watched all year. Yeah. And I promise you right now that I'm gonna watch at least like forty hours of college basketball in I the next it. like three weeks. Sweet. And what the best part is like you don't have to be a sports fan to watch this stuff because like No, hundred percent. You I mean these like, college kids like are like putting everything on the line. Yeah, like it's that's this, the best this part. is their career. That's the best. Like, this is the end of the, the most, show for them. Almost none of them are going pro. Yeah. And uh like there's like all the stories about like the twelve five upsets, like the sixteen seed who's now like in the sweet sixteen, like they they have no business being there, but somehow they're they're playing great defense. It is so much fun to watch. Yeah. The storylines are insane. And if you are able to sit down at a bar and have like multiple TVs going on, the amount of live betting action on your phone is just incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, I would almost say like the, the storylines almost don't even matter. It's like to most people, it's just literally like this team is playing this team. Yeah. And 
that's all that matters. It's not the individual players because you don't know anything about them. No. Yeah. Like most people don't know anything about these college teams. Right. And they're watching these games getting so psyched about it. But it really is just a communal thing when you're at the bar like drinking beers and, and watching this game. And then you got your like bracket going and all kind of oh, stuff. Oh, everyone's so like, really yeah, how's your bracket going? Like that's like instead of like saying, how's your Christmas? How's your bracket going? Yeah. yeah. You're like, like, what's going on with your life? You know, how's kids? Kids good? Family good? How's your bracket? <laughs> I love that. What is I, wrong with humanity? I think my favorite part about <laughs> it is that Everybody cheers for the underdog unless you went to that school. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So you have, like, whatever the underdog is, yep. that team's getting cheered on, yep. and it's awesome. I love that. It's I also good, really good camaraderie. I also enjoy, like, one end of the bar, like, like, the three people with, like, the Marquette jerseys on. It could be any school, whatever. It doesn't matter. But, like, they got, like, the one-team school on, and then, like, they're down by four, and, like, the six other guys under the bar bet on the other team, and they're, like, rooting for their bet. They don't give a shit about Cincinnati, but they're playing Marquette and they're, they're beating Marquette and they're, they're, like, they're going back and forth. But at the end of the day, they're like, oh, I, I lost 20 bucks, but I'm glad your team won. Nice. Like, it, doesn't, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. That's what college basketball is all about. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, when college basketball college. Was, was built, this is what they had in mind. Betting. Yeah. <laughs> they lost 20 bucks, but they were happy. And an and, and influx in bar sales. You know what goes really well with college basketball? Beers. Oh, man. You beat me to the punch. Beers. Beers. Are right, you guys ready to drink some beers, Johnny? Oh, yeah, let's do it. All right, sweet. So um, we brought some pretty good ones. Uh, we talked to our sources, and we were told these are the best options in the area. We've had both of these, um, not on the podcast, but in lots of different variations. So because of in, in honor of St. Paddy's Day, we're bringing on some red ales that are kind of influenced by traditional Irish brewing and flavors and the profiles. Uh, we got Tighthead Scarlet Fire and Great Lakes Conway Red. Um which one do you guys want to do first? I would like to start with the uh, Scarlet Fire only because I've had that before. So I want that to be like to re- a reminder of my baseline of what I think of a like an Irish red. Lovely. I'm I'm really excited about the Conway. I I can't even tell you if I had it before. If I did, I sure as shit don't remember. Yep, you already screwed up. <laughs> yeah, he's felt. That's because I was waiting for the sound effects. Trickle. Get the trickle. <laughs> Get the last one in there. The actual like stomach clench. All right, sweet. So uh, <laughs> we got Tighthead Scarlet Fire um, out of Mundelein, Illinois. I've never been to the brewery, but I've driven by it. Uh, cheers. Uh, Mundelein's not a bad town. All right, cool. Cheers, Yanni. Cheers, boys. Enjoy the beer. Got an aunt and uncle over there. Very nice neighborhood. Pretty, pretty traditional Irish red. So... Yeah, traditional reds. Yeah, how, um, would you, how would you describe a traditional Irish red? Um, toasty, caramel notes, um, a little bready, malt forward, um, lots of flavor, but not bitter. Yeah, no bitterness in this. No. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, on the nose, to me, um, I get a little of that like sort of like, I don't know, I don't want to say skunky, but like that like. Kind of feety. Feety. Footy. Footy, footy. footy yeah. No, it's, it's a little bit. Uh, Malty's a, a yeah, like yeah. a probably the professional, and I don't want to say professional, the technical term, Industry if you will. term, yeah. Industry term. I like the, the second sip was a lot better than the first sip after my palate adjusted. That's when I was getting more of the caramel toasted flavors. I do, um, I do like I'm the taste it. of it, like in the mouthfeel, too. Like the. I think this beer tastes really good if it's really cold. I'm going to give it a, I don't drink a lot of Irish Reds. So in the Irish red category, they've had a couple on. I give us like a seven two, 
and oh, that's a good rating though. And I'm drinking it if someone buys it for me. Lovely. Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven. Um, it's it's good. Uh, I just I don't think if I was going for a craft beer, um, I'd go for this red. Um, I'd probably go for something different. And if I was going for an actual Irish beer, then like Smittix is more to my liking. What you got, Johnny? Yeah, I'd give this like. For me, I'm not really into these beers, so my my probably my my rating point is like f- obviously five on this. I give this above that. I give this like a six. Okay, yeah. cool. Kind of enjoying some of the flavors though. Mm-hmm. Cool. For sure. Right, so we got the official kangaroo balls bottle opener going, and Garrett's got the mic ready to go. Here we go. Oh, that was good. That's good. That was good sound effects. Here we go. Let's go. Here we go. Johnny, we need your glass. All right. So here's the second red. A good little ping in there. Pour mine real slow. Okay. What is the? Uh, what is <laughs> your? I didn't even hear it. That was the perfect pour. <laughs> what does your beer? Uh, Sorry. <laughs> your beer certificate say about um, pouring slow, or clinging the glass? Uh, you want to have a clean glass? No, clinging. Oh, like, clinging the yeah. glass? Oh, putting it on the glass? No, like you, you, you bang the glass a little bit on that one. Are they like? Oh, they, that's, they talk about it at all or no? Uh, not that I remember. Uh, no, but as far as pouring it slow, it is supposed to be a nice steady pour. Yeah. Uh, not fast, not slow in between. Uh, glass at a forty-five degree angle in in a pint glass, uh, on draft, and even coming out of a bottle, you want to have about an inch of head. There you go. So, and you can always, if you don't get that, you could always swirl the, the little glass a little bit, and yep. it will create it. But you don't want to like slash it around too much. Yeah, this is interesting. Right. It's almost so like drinking uh, Great Lakes Conway's Irish Ale, Irish Red. Ooh, it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's almost like drinking nothing compared to the last one. Yeah, um, th- I feel like this is almost like a lighter version, hundred percent, of the last one we drank. It's not as malt forward. It's no. more on the vanilla caramel notes, which I like. I do too. I'm thinking I like this one a little bit better than the other one. I could. I, I could feel like this is this is this something is you, could, you could drink all afternoon on St. Patty's Day. Yeah. yeah. What's the ABV on this one? All right, so Scarlet Fire is five point six. Yeah. Conway's Irish Ale is six point three. It's even higher. It's higher and it's drinks smoother. Yeah, it's higher, but it's it's Trouble. really refreshing. Trouble. Um, the flavors. Yeah. I think the flavors a little bit better, and and it's. It's going down easier. Here's you, Cleveland. Yeah, I'm yeah. going. I'm oh, going. yeah. Um, that's right. Garrett, uh, let me know earlier that Great Lakes is from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and they're they're really well known for their darker beers. They have the Edmund. Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yep. And then they have this one. And, we, and whenever we bring these on a social, they do well. Um, I put up the IBUs over there. You remember what that stands for? International Bitter Unit. Yeah, boy. Killing it. I didn't so even th- look. 30 IBUs for Scarlet Fire, 25 IBUs for Conway Irish Ale. That that generally uh, depends on how much hops go into it to make it the. I mean, the color the is almost the same. Yeah. This is way lighter. I'm uh, gonna so I'm gonna give this. So I like the Scarlet Fire because of that. Like it's just different, and um, in, as Reds go, I think it's got good flavor to it. I think I'd rather drink this ten out of ten times over a Scarlet Fire. Yeah. So I'm gonna give this like a seven seven. Nice. Uh, and I'm buying some. That a boy. Yeah, I'm going up a point on this one, going from six to seven. Nice. Gonna, what are you going to do with it? I'm going to drink this all afternoon. On St. Patty's Day? And then uh, kick day? a and <laughs> spray <laughs> somebody with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> you better not do that at social. <laughs> yeah. If you, uh, do, if you do, I'll back you up on it. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, Mike, your buddy John just blasted the door open in the men's room and uh, fired the fire hose up. 
Yeah. No, Fire extinguisher. If anything, it's going to be someone's on the elevator <laughs> yeah. spraying it. <laughs> Just spraying the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, Good luck I'm, cleaning that. I'm definitely liking this a, a little bit more than the Scarlet Fire, even though I like the Scarlet Fire. I'm giving it a 7.5. It's crushable. It's delicious. It's crisp. Uh, way to go, Great Lakes. And honestly, the next time I find this on draft, I'm probably going to order it, and I normally wouldn't have. It's like the second best thing that came out of Cleveland. Yeah, sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the number one or what? Mm, no. No. LeBron no. James? I was thinking like like the Fire in the Lake was number one. That's the most memorable. Okay. Um, you know what goes well with the Fire in the Lake? Edmund Fitzgerald, the whiskey. ship, the, the ship that, that sunk. Whiskey. You know they had uh, whiskey on that ship. Yeah. <laughs> for sure had whiskey on that ship. That's why it sunk. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right. So for whiskey today, we're doing Bull Run out of Portland, Oregon. They, yeah, this, um, if anyone hasn't had Bull Run before, I don't think like this is the first pour you should try. You should try their standard stuff. Um, and it's the exact same thing as this, just younger. Uh, the owner is um, a very interesting man it, with almost no staff, which is why it took uh, almost two years to get samples for the single barrel pick. He's got a bunch of friends in the in the wine world, which makes a lot of sense being uh, Oregon, a lot of Pinot Noir, uh, a lot of wine, a big, big time wine country. Um, and so he sources this whiskey from MGP. We've talked about that before. It's a it's their low rye bourbon. So uh, I think like 23 to 27% uh, rye on the mash bill. And uh, they age it into, into new white charred oak barrels like everyone does for bourbon for 13 years. Now, if we just had a 13-year-old bourbon, that would be really old. Like yeah. most, most distilleries don't hold on to barrels for that long. Right. Uh, so this is a 13-year-old barrel that they pulled a couple of different barrels because and then they finished it into Pinot Noir casks. So a Pinot Noir cask is about um like one and a half times the size of a normal whiskey barrel. So like one whole barrel of whiskey is not fill it, filling one of these Pinot Noir casks is gonna take two especially at thirteen years old, it might take two or three barrels of the I mean like when we did the Eagle Rare is probably like sixty percent full when we picked the ten year old and that's in Kentucky where there's a lot more heat. Uh, cold uh, differentiation, differentiation uh, where there's you know product loss th- every year. So like three barrels went into this Pinot Noir cask, and they spent time there for two years. Um, I got samples of Pinot Noir single barrel Pinot Noir casks, and decided that this one was the one I wanted to get, and uh, I couldn't be any more excited about it. Nice. So it's a 15 year old bourbon, right? So a couple things to note, if you don't mind me asking. Yeah. So clearly this is an expensive and delicate process. Correct. Not often. Not only are you you have thirteen year old bourbon. Yeah. That's going to get aged uh, in a much bigger barrel with the Pinot Noir cast. Right. So you're you're filling it. You're almost double filling it. Um, all those things being said, um, they're buying this whiskey from MGP. You yeah. said. That means MGP has thirteen year old whiskey that's either set aside or no, no, for no. projects they like that. They bought it. They bought it and they, s- and they sat on and it. They aged it in Portland for thirteen oh, very years. Cool. Oh, they bought. So they bought it. At it's it's like inception. They bought it, it. They bought it in like, they look like um like giant milk jugs sitting on uh skids or or uh, pallets, and then they get shipped or in truck transit to Portland, and then they take that whiskey and put it into their own barrels. Oh, nice, cool. So, I've, but a very delicate process, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it and it takes forever. 
Yeah. So um, it seems like there's a lot that goes into it, and this is well thought out. I mean, it's like when when you're aging stuff, you don't know how it's going to go. Right. It could it could go poorly. Very. And it, it's worked out pretty well for him based it on has. what we've tried and what we've had before. And they and this guy does the first time I asked for a single barrel samples, he sent me like uh, samples of their whiskey aged for like 15 to 17 to 18 years in these really, really weird casks. And they're all like, they were good, but they're kind of undrinkable. Like really? They're just, they're just not good. I mean, the little vials that they came in were super cool. And like, I kept those and I think I mean, I use them for like giving people like fun samples, but they, uh, I was like, dude, just give me the normal bull run Pinot Noir cast finish single barrel samples. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I really yeah. looking for. Cause the standard bull run is so good. Yeah, it's tasty. Um, if any, I literally put any other Pinot Noir cask whiskey up against Bull Run. That's like that. That's my gold standard. Nice, cool. Well, so, I'm, exci- I'm excited to try it. Johnny, have you ever had this before? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um, I will say though, every time I try it, I feel like it's dependent upon what I've eaten or what I've had before it, because I feel like it. This specifically has different characteristics. This is the third time I'm going to have this. The first two times, I, f- I feel like the first time I had it, I really didn't like it. But then the second time I had it, I really liked it. Was that because of the spicy nacho burger? Probably. Yeah. I'm just saying, that, like, I think it has different... I think the notes in this play off different things that you have throughout your day. I can feel that. So I'm going to give you some stats on this. Okay. So not just on this, but like in general on Whiskey This Age. All right, cheers. Cheers. Did Johnny already get into it? Yep. Yep. Fifteen-year-old whiskey, the easiest one to compare to uh, at that age is Pappy Fifteen, because that's something that everyone's ever heard of, and very, very little bourbon is put out that that old. Pappy Fifteen bottles, like a cost for a restaurant or or a or a or a liquor store, is about one hundred and fifty dollars. What's we are selling this for sixty. And, and forgive, and forgive, and forgive making, me for asking this. And we're what making it, money on what it. What is the Pappy Fifteen typical proof? Um, that's. Oh man, I should know this. Because this, this is a, this is a big boy. F- Ninety five. This <coughs> is a one twenty five or. One twenty seven. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. One twenty. We're back to Garrett's a one twenty seven whiskeys over here. But is this a palate burner? It there's there's some heavy spices to it. Yeah. And, um, it has a slight. Um, Kentucky hug to it. It doesn't just end like right here, but I mean, it's so it's that high. Would, it's that would that would make it worse. That would make it. That should make it more expensive. Sure. I mean, well, everybody's idea of expensive is different. No, no. no. So, like, if you did, a, if you did, if you had a bottle of bourbon that was ninety proof, and then they they released a cast strength that came out at one hundred and twenty, yeah. you'd expect one hundred and twenty to be more expensive. Sure. Because they're making pr- less product. Absolutely. Or the, they're producing less bottles of it. Yeah. Um. So if. This so if we're comparing this to Pappy Fifteen, regardless of like how like crazy people want to go for it, like the actual cost of it to bring the bottle in is three times the price for Pappy Fifteen than it is for this. I understand that. So I that's mean, the 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 cost in this is bonkers how how cheap it is. It for and for how good it is, but you're also throwing around like heavy, dick swinging bourbon names. Well. I'm just talking about actual cost, not like what people are paying for, like secondary or like for an ounce pour or anything like that. Just like what it actually costs to bring in. Sure. This is a third of the price at the same age. 
at one and a half times the proof. So I think it's pretty smooth for 127. I think it's very smooth for 127. I don't think that it would um, be that smooth if it wasn't in the Pinot Noir. Cast. It's got an interesting note to it, though. Yeah. It's got like a, for me, it's always had like this like banana like a banana peel sort of taste to it. Do you, any, anybody else get anything like that? Anything, anything near that? Yeah, I so a big flavor in uh, whiskey is banana runts. It has like, like those like those runts candy and like the banana one in there that doesn't taste like an actual banana. I think banana runts is a flavor in bourbon that you catch a lot on, especially MGP bourbon, um, and especially overaged MGP bourbon. I like banana runts. That's the that's the only one I like. Yeah, nobody else used to like them, so I get all of them. Oh, they're the best ones. I, I pull those out and throw the rest away. So to get to Johnny's tasty notes, um, I get raisin. Which is a heavily, you know, like wine flavored. That makes sense, right? So, and I, I get that a lot. Yeah, I get the, I think that's what I'm getting is the raisin a lot. But I, I feel like for me, it's got like a banana, almost, oh, I'm trying to think what fruit it is. Like you get these like dried little fruit candies that are. Jujubes? Not, not, stone not, fruit. Not apricot. Something stone, else. stone fruit. Is it stone fruit? Yeah. I will say, man, when you put some water in this and open up the flavors, Johnny, what? put a little bit of water you in it. You put water in it? Just a dash. Well, put a little water. You're drinking it at 50 then. <laughs> but it's, but here's the thing. Everybody drinks whiskey at a different thing. However you drink it is how you should drink it if you enjoy yeah, it. There's no rules. This is phenomenal, dude. It's really good. I freaking love this. It's re- it's pretty smooth, dude. So I think a I'll lot make- of tannins and grape in that. Well, like, when it woke it up. I was so excited when I tried this pick uh, that I like had to tell everybody about it. And um, because of the wine barrel being so big, I was scared to bring all of it in for ourselves. So we split the barrel with Malloy's and Glen Ellen, and they completely sold out of all of it in about a month and a half. The fact that there's still some laying around is beyond me. I don't, well, under- I don't understand it. Well, that, I mean, not that, that it's means bad people, marketing on me. That's well, people can jump on it then, right? Yeah. We also, you're also like all right, for our restaurant group, not to give you a pass on anything because I know you're hard on, more like harder on yourself than anybody when it comes to this stuff, and you monitor it more than anybody. But we have lots of good single barrels right now. That's true. And this, is, while very unique, is is not. It's it's up there in proof, and you know, like there's some other ones that are doing really well too. So yeah. don't beat yourself up. Uh, but it, but also it gives an opportunity for some of our listeners to come in for sixty bucks a bottle plus tax. Come on down. Yeah, I'm not mad at. Come there. on down to the social. Come on I'll down. You, I'll give you a sip. The water maybe, feels great. Maybe the like a uh, two hundred and twenty-seven proof uh, pushes <laughs> you, people away a little bit. You wanna? Actually, uh, fu- fun you fun. Don't, f- don't challenge them because they'll find a way to make the, it happen. The, the, only, the highest proof you can get is like one hundred ninety-four. Care <laughs> to find a way to make it two twenty-seven? You can't. No, you can't. Right, so it's, it's scientifically impossible. You will find a way. All right. What do yeah. we? Uh, we get infused it with weed or something. Who wants to go first on the ratings of this whiskey? I'll go first. Um, Be honest, though. Like you're not going to offend me at all. No, I I, I think for a one twenty-seven. I'll leave the proof out of it. Just how, what do you think? Do you like it? Yeah, for how hot it is, it's it's super smooth. Right. I'm still trying to figure out the flavors that I'm getting from it. I don't know if it's like a COVID effect for me or something, but I'm getting like this weird. Do you have COVID right now? No, I'm just saying like an after effect. You know, how people like had COVID. They're like, oh, now these uh, taste. Why are like, you bringing that up? I'm sorry, edit that out. Yeah, fuck COVID. <laughs> <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> but I'm I'm getting this like interesting 
raisiny apricot banana sort yeah. of like real real like elevated flavor out of it that I haven't had before ever. I I think well, yeah. So what do you what are you doing with it, Johnny? You buying a bottle? Yeah, I'll buy a bottle. Buying a bottle? Yeah, I'll buy a bottle. Perfect. We'll put it on your tab the next time you come to social. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, but what do you guys I'll think about that? Like, am I? No, no, I no. think I think here's am what I, not, I think. Am I not hitting on something? There? I think that no, the Pinot are. Noir cask gives it a layered complexity. Yeah. The bourbon that you and I drink a lot don't doesn't have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where if you didn't at, finish this in a Pinot Noir cask, there's, you have a lot of the corn, Midwest corn flavored. Um, ton of oak. Ton of oak. This doesn't have that. It has the the Pinot Noir has changed that. The Pinot Noir cask has changed that. Yeah. And that's why I get tannins after putting water in there. I'm getting a ton of grape. Like a ton of grape. Like uh Yeah, dried grapes for sure. So raisin. Yeah. So And then raisin. And, and there's nothing wrong with what you taste because it's your palate. You're not wrong. Yeah. As long as you're enjoying it. All right. So for me So what do you got it, Johnny? What do you got it? The rating. Yeah, rating. I I get what you're going with that. I'm not. I'm I'm getting where you're going with that with the, the the Pinot Noir. It just changes wine, it. grape. There's a different. Maybe it's I'm different. maybe I'm trying to identify it as, as something else. But I'm I'm now that you say that I'm thinking like maybe that's I I think what if I'm you tasting. if you had a dish that goes really well with a red wine yeah whatever one you like steak yeah. or something you would re- I, I like think it's really get down on this. I this think whiskey. this is definitely a, a unique bottle that you have to have on your shelf. There you go. For people to try. Awesome. Yeah. Unique. I th- I think one of the things that that's coming that that's coming up a lot to us. Yeah. We've tried enough whiskey and we have a good base of what we like and where it comes from. When unique whiskeys come out, we're still trying to wrap our head around like what do we like about it and not like about it based on what we normally drink. Right. Which is sometimes hard to separate from, right? Right. You you know like unique this, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um for me I, I think it's really good. I would drink it over ice, um, a cube, and let it sit for a little bit um, just to let it open up. Um, but I'm giving it a 7.5. I don't drink a lot of whiskeys that are finished in it, like in anything, to be honest with you. Um, and I, I, I'm not quite sure that it's the gold standard for me, um, but I would also have to revisit some of the older ones that, that I've had before, like the, the Breckenridge and the, the Bowman and stuff like that. Sure. But this is really good, dude. I think it's delicious. Nice. Did you ever give a rating for this, John? I mean, mm. no, <laughs> but... <laughs> All right, I'm giving this uh, for the the age, the proof, the flavor. It's a it's an 875 for me. Nice. Um I've already drank a bottle. I'm going to drink two more, uh, and I'm going to buy three more. So uh, if this is if this is not for you, fine. More for me. Yeah. There you go. I think the yeah. last thing I will say is when I, after I poured a little water in it, yeah, it did open up like you were saying, Mike. Yeah. So I think that is something that people can definitely explore if they try it. This would this does proof. open up big time. Putting a cube on it. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things I I, I love about the cast strength is that it's. They're, it's full flavored. Any any cast strength or barrel strength you get, it's full flavored, and you can proof it down with a cube or water to how you like it. If you're not a fan of cast strength, don't let that deter you from buying a bottle of that. No. You can bring it down to whatever you want. You can pour uh, 16 ounces of water in there and make it 10 percent. You know what I mean? Yeah, you Have a good to make it a, a highball. Let's go. <laughs> Perfect slam and nose. All right, dude. Great job, Garrett. It's it's tasty. One of the things I I'm gonna comment on this real quick. One of the things I love about this is Bull Run is not hiding anything. They tell you everything on the label. 
It's old timey. It looks cool. It almost feels like it's in like a Western movie. And also, they put American whiskey in there yeah. on the label, not misleading you to the the fact that it's bourbon, even though it is bourbon, because right. it's aged in the Pinot Noir cast, and that negates it from being bourbon. There's a lot of places that are experimental that do that that still call it bourbon. Oh, yeah. And it's not bourbon. Definitely so, definitely not Angel's Envy. We're not they don't calling do that. anybody out? We definitely <laughs> would not call them out. That's right, because yeah. that guy's not coming on the podcast. Nope, not listening. <laughs> not listening. <laughs> All right, sweet. Dude, great whiskey, man. It's it's really good. I'm glad you guys like it. <clears throat> All right, sweet. So we got our customer of the week, uh, and then we're going to wrap it up here. Um, I'm going to go first here. I gotta give a shout out, shout out to our new, our, our boy Mark, um, my boy Mark, who gifted me a great bottle that he knows that I wasn't gonna be able to get because he's got the hookup and I don't. Dude, Mark's the man. And he listened to the podcast, so he hooked it up with that. Uh, he's a big fan. Uh, really appreciate it. And then, honestly, a shout out to all of our listeners that came to the live show at Social and that were at the Maze event. Um, there were several that did both. Um, just the support in the community and the camaraderie and you guys being there for us and making it like feel comfortable um, really makes the show um, what it is, and we wouldn't be doing it without you. So I uh, big up to you guys, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, and like Jude from Hapwatch. In both situations, if the vibe of the room is not there, and that's yeah. definitely the people that come, it yeah. just feels extremely awkward, and yeah. and, the, and the evening doesn't go as, as well as it does. So it's definitely about the people that come and, and, and they're – their uh, projection towards the room and us, dude. And there's so. a, they're in all of our like attitude while they're there. Like yeah. they're just happy to be there, jacked. fun to be there. Like it's just awesome, fun. And to a be big there. out, big shout out to City Mike G, City uh, Mike G, who every single time uh, he comes out and sees us, he brings us samples. He brought us a 375 milliliter batch cocktail that he made. Really, and just like hey, I know you guys are a cocktail bar, but like I hope you really like this. Nice. And we're like, I promise you it's not going to suck. But he's like super worried about getting to us. So happy that he would do something like that. Uh, he just moved from the city to like a closer suburb, but still like big time, big time supporter. He's been listening to day one and uh, and a good spreader of the word. So appreciate him. Dude, at the Maze event, I was talking to some of our old buddies and I had met Mike not that long before that um, at, at social for oh, yeah. a, a fun event that we did, fun little thing that we did. Uh, and he told me, he's like, dude, I was here last week. I brought you a sample of whiskey, and you weren't here. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be at the whiskey event tomorrow night. He goes, sweet, I'll bring it then. So I'm in the middle of talking to our old buddies, and Mike G walks in and just is like, here's that rye whiskey agent Armagnac cast that I told you I was going to bring. And I was like, F, yeah, dude. So Did you just keep walking, too? He just kept walking. Yeah, he just what a guy. He just handed what it to guy. me and just like kept moving. I, I felt like a badass when that happened. Oh. And honestly, we drank it. We sampled it that night. Mike, it was unbelievable. Thanks for bringing that to us. It was fantastic, dude. All right. Uh, we talked about a lot tonight. Uh, we fit a lot in, which was awesome. Um, I'm, I'm on cloud nine right now. We had lots of good stuff tonight. We had Great Lakes Conway's Red Ale. Delicious. We so had... Tight head Scarlet Fire really good. Uh, out of Mundelein. Drink local, support local. Pretty tasty red ale. Uh, we also had the Bull Run 15-year American whiskey aged for two years in a Pinot Noir cask. Got good ratings, great ratings, actually. Uh, really tasty. Everybody come by our restaurants and try it if you want. We'll gladly give you a sample. And then I'm pretty, pretty sure you're going to go home with the bottle after trying it up. All right. Um, everybody get out there, support the local places that you love. Um, Jenny, you got anything that you want to finish off with? No. I'm you just, feeling good? I'm feeling great. You feel great? 
You look after, great, too. After that 127, are you kidding me? Let's go. Let's go. Johnny's you ready do, for the after you hours. You do look really good. I do? Yeah. I'm going to go take a dive into the jacuzzi out in the garage. All right. Gary, what, <laughs> Gary, what, go what go you got to finish it off? Let's go spoon on the couch. You bring, <laughs> no, I'm you good. You bring your swimsuit? <laughs> you good? You feeling good? Everything's a swimsuit. Oh, oh wow. His birthday suit. That's what he's going to bring for the spooning, right? Oh, yeah. All right, sweet. Uh, next time we get together, we're going to be down here um, <clears throat> doing the same thing that we always do. Uh, we will be announcing a live show. The next live show, we're doing a social, the event. Um, so that date will come out soon. Uh, we're already locking down beer sponsors. Uh, sponsors. Beer sponsors. <laughs> Garrett's already working on uh, whiskey sponsors. Um, I already got f- it lined up. You already got it lined up? Yeah. So here we go. Dropping teasers. All right. We really appreciate you guys. Thanks for your support. Um, until the next podcast. Oh, wait. I got one more thing. Oh, Johnny. Boy. Coming in I got late. A, I, got a gift, I got a gift for you. It's in my car. Are you excited? Is it your penis? No. It's in my car. <laughs> I'm in your basement right now. I got a gift for you in the car. That would, we'll talk about would, the gift next time. All right. What a way to end the podcast. Thanks for joining us, guys. Until the next uh, cocktail. Love Peace. you. Love you. <laughs> what a weird way to end that. First of all, we'd like to thank our listeners, our families, and friends that support us. We couldn't do this without you. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Tell your friends about us. Big thanks to our producer, Johnny, in the Underground Studio. Also, a shout-out to Johnny Perona and Davenport Ed. That's the rockin' music you're hearing in the background. Thanks again, and we look forward to the next cocktail with you. Did you say an elk only needs one ball? They're probably huge.